like, I'll give you like a wallet. I didn't even know this was a strip club. I'm in Aberdeen. I just want to get a freaking beer before I play this straight edge venue. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, why are Corona's $10? And then I'm like, oh no. Like playing at the North Shore, and the North Shore becomes a strip club for a second. You're like, ah, but I have to pee. So I gotta say, as um, I'm gonna, I like to both uh, just immediately start uh, because I think intros and like, okay, three, two, one. Everyone gets too weird, so we're just gonna start. And this is the start. Welcome to the Wusos Podcast. Oh yay! Cool. I, you guys all seem to know each other. However, I don't really know any of you. So I think now at the very start of the very first episode is an exceptional time. To introduce yourselves, I'll start just because I'm the one talking. I'm Terry. I'm Jason. Well, well I'm uh, Lyndon, but uh, you know me as uh, DJ Mouse. In the house. In the house, yeah, from uh, radio yeah. here in Duluth. I didn't know if you were going to say KUMD or the North. Well, uh, it would have been KUMD at the time. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm Gavin St. Clair, and I'm a songwriter and musician in town. Heidi Farrow, and I um, sing and write songs and play guitar and play some bass in Baby Eyes, and which is a local band. It started this year, at the beginning of the year. Uh, I'm also an artist in town. Well, nice to meet you all. Except I knew Jason, but this seems like an odd group of people, an odd disconnected group of people. Um, and so like, I, I'm kind of curious. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I'm, I'm nodding yes, Jason's shaking no. <laughs> Wait, we have two no's and one head, two heads shaking um, yes. I did both. I did. Oh. <laughs> I was a cycle emotion with my head. So you invited them, Jason. So, like, why these people? I want to hear from your your perspective first. Well, never doing a podcast and having no direction and any idea, I just thought, why not pick someone who has something coming up at the cafe in the future, someone who just did something super cool at the cafe in the past. And hopefully in the future. And then someone who's right now doing all this cool stuff that is different than music. And I do love a, a good Trinidad accent. That's right. <laughs> yeah, ooh, and that's just a good, a good voice for this. I think, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah, I, don't, I think you should come back every week. Well, I don't mind that at all. Yeah. <laughs> so the chocolate lab, I think that's a good... That's a good I, are, what is the deal right, with that? Right, right. Well, thank you for having us. Me here, Jason, and all of you guys, uh, really appreciate it. I'm, uh, well, Lyndon, but DJ Mouse here. And um, in the last four years, I, I decided I could uh, get my Caribbean heritage out here in town. And I've pushed chocolate as a small side gig, you know, at farmer's markets and just for friends and so on. But uh, recently at the university, kind of where I work, they've caught on to it as a way to teach people how to keep them in school. And, you know, the, we, we've sort of likened what... The process of making chocolate to how you can learn different skills in life and maybe at math or any type of engineering so yeah it's sort of integrated into one of our programs in the engineering department it's the chemical engineering engineering uh, but what we've done is that we've made it open to everybody in the public so that you don't have to be a chemical engineering student you could just be someone off the street come up to the chocolate lab and say hey I'm interested in what you're doing here, and we will take you in, show you how to make chocolate, and then show you how it's applied to engineering. And from that, you have left my experience with more knowledge that allows you to grow your ideas. But how do you 
get people who are you would well i don't want to necessarily assume smarter because they can do engineering but you can assume at least think differently than maybe like a live red student who is going to come in and just wants to like you know make chocolate how do you i mean how do you how do you balance having those two different types of students that are making chocolate well it, it's sort of like how uh, you have wuso's concert cafe idea you know, it's a coffee co- coffee cafe, and then it's a concert location. And it started, I guess, I heard the idea was like one day he was at a coffee shop, and then says, wow, this coffee shop needs live music. You know, that's a great idea. So we, what we decided is that we're going to just pull chocolate. I'm just going to turn it around and say, like, the way chocolate is made from its origin, where it's grown to the point where it's sold and how it is interpreted from its agricultural point of view to the point of view where it's a a luxury good, every human thought and emotion is sort of part of this product. Chocolate has its roots in slavery, even as today child labor all around the world, working on cocoa estates and plantations in Africa, and then you have the highest price luxury good chocolate in Belgium and in France, Five six hundred dollars a pound, almost the price of a uh, gold. Sometimes. Just in Belgium, I ate some of that chocolate. That's right. I and didn't think about where it came from. Trinidad and Tobago is where the best in the world comes from. You know, in child labor. No, no, not child labor, but uh, you know, in Africa and the bigger estates is where you have oh, the forced okay. labor ah. for chocolate. But uh, in that, you have all of this beauty on the other side of the product, which is associated with a higher lifestyle and music and exotic places and so on. So the the disconnect that we are fed sort of breeds an area for imagination to grow and learn stuff. Most of what you're taught, though, is wrong. Oh, okay. (laughs) And that's why you should make chocolate. Yes. That's so sweet that it's all... So what we do... And grow chocolate. And we grow it, but we teach (laughs) the people, right, as you walk into the lab, the ethics of it, and that's where the connection is. There's an ethics to what we have the lab. So when you get into a program and we say, hey, this is a UMD chocolate lab, chemical engineering, you don't need to be an engineer. What you have learned is a piece of the ethics which is just as important as the math. It's, yeah, really kind of an interestingly all-encompassing <laughs> lesson. And so, and how long has this been around? Then? You said four years? Four years, and I, uh, I, I kind of lost a bet with a dude, and um, <laughs> uh, he uh, ended up flying me to Trinidad to show him these really awesome cocoa trees that make you feel really happy when you drink the cocoa from it, the trees, and uh, these you know, special cocoa trees with really high content of teobromine. Uh, it's not like trees that grow elsewhere. They're trees that are native to the island of Trinidad. They're called a Trinitario variety of chocolate. So you see, you know, chocolate is sort of something that originated from the Western Hemisphere, uh, the island of Trinidad and down in the Amazon region. Over the last 200 years, all of the world's science was based in Trinidad for breeding cacao trees. And on the island of Trinidad, they have every living species uh, represented of the cacao plant. So there's 2,500 types of cacao trees, and we may have like about 200 that are suitable just for making chocolates, and maybe 10 varieties that are used by the big multinational corporations to keep their standardized seeds going to the bigger plantations out in Africa where they have mass amounts of chocolate growing. So it's like the Monsanto of chocolate. That's correct. <laughs> ah. But it's all controlled in a, such a way that uh, not even the local folks on the island know, well, there is this huge chocolate 
thing going on that when they have their water cut off by the government, the cocoa trees still have water coming to their roots. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. That it's sounds amazing. about right. That sounds about just yeah. right. Yep. Yeah, this is like that's like <laughs> Nestle stealing people's water and selling it back to them kind of thing too. Yeah, well, but strange enough, guess who lives? Guess who's right next to that cocoa? Estate is a Nestle factory. Oh, <laughs> who would have thought? No, who could no, imagine? No, 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 no. Yes, yes, that yes, makes yes, sense. Yes, yes. <laughs> Literally right next to. Yep, right next to there. <laughs> yep. Wow, we're just getting right into it. So when we well, <laughs> when we show people this, we show them this is how it is, and then they realize, well, wow. Yeah, it's it's yeah. kind of interesting how something seemingly so like simple turns out to be really complex and and but deep. But what's more, here's what's the best part about it. When we do make chocolate at the lab, and we explain to you what's lost along the way, and then we make you taste a piece of the chocolate, and we say, hey, taste this one, it tastes like roses. Taste this one, it tastes like jasmine. Taste this one, it tastes like honey. Or this one tastes like dates. Uh, it's because we've taken the care and the time to produce a really good product, and we haven't put any chemicals in there, or wax, or lecithin, or emulsifiers. And when you come into the lab, we give everybody chocolate freely, and we share it, and we tell you to taste it. We teach you and to appreciate what a good chocolate would taste like. And this is not something I would find anywhere else other than traveling to Belgium, mm -hmm. like you just did. And you yeah, say, yeah. oh, here's a fine piece of chocolate. Right. And there's somebody giving it to you. Here it is. My job is to give it to you for free and let you have that because... Where else on earth would you have gotten that chance? When you just did that with the staff, you, you came in one day, you're like, would would these guys want to try my chocolate? I'm like, I can't imagine not. And then you had a, a high-quality, mass-produced, organic, we won't mention where you bought it from, but a very expensive chocolate bar. You say, okay, here is this five, six, seven dollar chocolate right. bar, crack, taste this chocolate. I, I did yeah. do that. Yep. Yeah, you it's did amazing. that. And they were like... Well, now I don't want to ever eat any yeah. other chocolate Correct. ever. It pales in comparison. I literally do that. I go and I buy the most expensive chocolate bar we can find anywhere, and I bring it on. We crack it in front of you and say, eat that, and then try mine. And you're like, this is not real. I, that, I, that's what I thought, too. I'm like, how is it so not bitter when it's 80% cacao? But that's so another thought and uh, I, uh, question I have is the terroir and the, and the species, what what really makes it that rose honey date what what is it that make is it the variety of cacao or is it the soil is it oh this is this side of the mountain this is a volcanic soil and it creates this taste and this is the other side and it's sandy or what what's the story well there? this is a good one i just kind of did some reading here um out of a a conference that they had out in seattle the last couple of weeks it's called the uh, washington seattle chocolate festival type of deal and um what they found was that uh around the world you can find different flavors coming from different parts of the world so what we have from africa you'll have a lot of earthy flavored beans what you have from vietnam and indonesia would be more fruity uh, you come from south america you'll have like floral and then when you come from the island of trinidad all of the beans are very bitter, bitter. dark chocolate and that's 
very specific to the soil. And like you're saying, the is terra it, But it's volcanic soil because it, it's an island, right? Well, it's, or no? It's part, no, not not Trinidad. Trinidad's not yeah, volcanic? No. No? Higher up the Caribbean is volcanic. Trinidad is part of the Andean, South oh, America. Okay. So, so there's it's a lot part of, of like a peninsula that got sunk, sunk or something? Yep, okay, okay. the Orinoco Delta. So there's anything Amazon-like ah, uh, in Trinidad. Oh, different. So these cocoa trees that down there, they produce these bitter, fine cacao. So these are coveted around the world by any type of chocolatier to flavor what they call bulk cacao that's grown in Africa. Now, if you take any type of plant out of its natural habitat and try to grow it somewhere else, it won't taste the same. Very similar example is grapes. You get the best yep. champagne yep. from the champagne region in France. Or you can find great champagne you can't call it champagne but you can find an amazing sparkling wine that's dry even grown in new mexico Correct. because of the processes in the soil the Correct. terroir you know and the the love of the land and the you know the harvesting of the grapes at the right time and all the parts Correct. but but it has a taste that's so specific that new mexico probably call it something and make that a you know, trademark as well, like just like Champagne or, you know, anywhere else that grows stuff. Grow, yeah, it's like Trinidad probably should like so what, covet those beans and like trademark them like uh, Parmesan. So it know. is. Uh, so most of the island, the, all of the beans and all of the stuff is really controlled by the government, uh, all of that stuff. But it's for, it's it's for the it's to prevent something called biopiracy where people can come in from other countries and just take plants and leave. But what your question was about how these beans get these flavors is that these farmers intercrop the trees with other fruit oh, trees like bananas grafting. and cherries. Uh, and what happens is we found that these trees communicate with each other under the soil through yeah. fungal systems. They do, I've heard about And that. they oh, feed each other. Okay. They take care of yeah. their sick ones they adopt anyone that pops up in their culture and they're sort of forced into this relationship you put them there uh they're arranged marriage and the trees will live together and they don't choose that but they what they will do is uh the cherry trees will give the cocoa trees substrate sometimes and then the cocoa trees will give back to the other trees and what has happened is that you find that if you've planted many coconut trees or coffee trees around your cocoa estate all of your beans start tasting like the extra plants that are around that there. makes so much sense and i know that's true with the way like trees and forests live underground so much and, sh and share and help and oh that's so interesting so mm -hmm. this afternoon i was able to share here with heidi uh a little jar of some trinidadian beans and when she opened it she said it smells like oh it's like so florally and caribbean i said that's exactly how that whole entire neighborhood or village smells like the like dirt. mango or something yeah, yeah the, i should yeah. bring them down here for my car but oh yeah, so yeah but the, the entire place just will smell like a mango feel once that we open the good. tiny yeah uh, guava guava and jasmine yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. so wait so, i want to go back did you say bio pirates what did you call them bio pirates bio yeah pirates. those are dudes who fly into the country and act like a tourist and it's like hey can i tow your cocoa field and then uh Stash a few beans, trees in, in their backpack, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in their luggage, and just so kind of skip the country. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It would be more exciting, probably, to 
hunt him down. Yeah, bio <laughs> pirate hunter. There you go. Yeah, it's like, it, the and then you could be your own little Chuck Norris. You know, yeah. It sort of started with the orchid <laughs> trade, where guys would come in and just hike through the forest and cut a little snippet of an orchid leaf or a branch and could take it back to a lab here in the U.S. and do what they call tissue culture in rare orchids, and you could get all kinds of orchids propagated mm-hmm. in any mm-hmm. sort of lab yep. here in the U.S. So that was a big sell thing. Them at, at the $40 boutique uh, flower yep. shop. Yeah. And they didn't have to pay for any of the source material, right. which is usually either uh, patented by a breeder or some sort of stuff like that. Well, is it any more than all the things we've tried to own in this world of shared things? It's, it's one more level of... What pr- we don't want. What we don't want. Right. Corporate greed. It could just be... Personal, it could be all kinds, it could well, be accidental yeah. personal greed. Accidental, I mean, personal greed? man, you can be, go, you, go, can be you can be a hippie <laughs> in a Subaru and you have some personal greed because you broke down and you're walking to town, but apparently town's two days away, yeah. And and and, and you see a freaking garden and you're like, God, I'm just gonna you're steal really a hungry. couple of these tomatoes. <laughs> accidental personal grade, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's I like the list is, it. I don't, there's yeah. layers, but. But it's 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 the the act, and it's the scale and the scope. So it's like, it's just like a small business has the biggest day of the year, and they're so amazing. And the biggest business is like, that wouldn't even, you know, pay for cleaning the mats for today. You know, it's just like it's scale and scope, and it's the act that I see is you know that's where things get veered off. Is like when you go. It's only a little white lie. Oh, no, no, right, right. It, it's, uh, no one will know it's me. I'm just a little hippie. I'm just trying <laughs> to go to the rainbow gathering, and I broke down, and I'm really hungry and thirsty, and that tomato has both those things together. And, and next thing you know, you're a bio pirate. Bio pirate. Well, you're not a bio pirate because no, no. you didn't take it home and steal the uh, essence of it and slope. sell it. It's a slippery slope, but if you, if you try to be mindful of your accidental self-greed thoughts, right. then you will... Uh, avoid the life of biopiracy. I, I would say way. it's a better chance. Yeah, <laughs> if you is... have guilt from stealing tomatoes when you're hungry and walking for two days, you probably will have a better <laughs> chance of not becoming a biopirate. story. How was that rainbow <laughs> gathering, by the way? This is <laughs> not, but it's based on a million other realities that are very go. similar. <laughs> the two tomatoes you stole. <laughs> are you a serial tomato stealer? I hate tomatoes, actually. I What's the weird them? part that you keep stealing them? I don't <laughs> ever. Steal them. No, I've watched people steal them. I'm like, oh no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna drink this water out of the river and see if I get beaver fever. (laughs) It's like I can power through. I really don't like tomatoes, but anyway. Anyway, <laughs> when you guys see me around town here with my chocolate, you're going to wonder what's going on. It's like, who's this dude? It's well, it's Chocolate Linden, and he's coming around. Chocolate town. Linden, and you want some chocolate because it's so good. good. Is it yeah, like a really coat good. you have that's full? We of talked about Linden's <laughs> chocolates too. It's like it's those like Linden chocolate troubles, good. and it's like oh, you're gonna have right. like a battle of the oh, Linden yeah. chocolates. It's like, no. I am the Linden chocolate. After the first time I had it, I was like thinking about it for like days, you know, afterwards. You just, it's like, you know, it changes yeah. your whole 
perspective yeah, on everything. It well, does. Yeah. On everything? It, it does. Really, it does. It's, it's like a bite of your trust. It's going to be like last place on earth out here. Like there's going to be 60 people lined up. Is Lyndon coming? Is Lyndon coming? I heard Lyndon's coming today. Well, so you're at UMD, right? Right. So I so, work at UMD as a lab coordinator. I've been a student there for the last four years. My last day is tomorrow, as the time as of the time of this recording. What, your last day? My last day of college at UMD wow, tomorrow. Oh, as congrats! Yeah, Thank congrats. you very much. Aren't you going to finish? Hopefully, no. But you're just going to like be done and not be, go back. Hopefully, I'll be finishing tomorrow. But I mean, I'll either today's way. the last. Tomorrow's tomorrow. the last day. Yeah, yeah. Um, Seems like a weird day to end. I, I didn't even know about this chocolate should lamb that. until uh, like six months ago, a year ago. Uh, I, 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 I still haven't had any of the chocolate. I don't even know where it physically is in the building. And so I think it's interesting that it's this life-changing thing that it's everyone else. I've heard talk. Everyone talks about how incredible this chocolate is. And it's just, I'm like, what are you all talking about? So it, honestly, I got to say right now, I'm just really glad to finally know What's going on? Right. So if your last day is tomorrow, you better head on down to room 112 in the engineering building at the UMD <gasps> campus. I walk through the engineering building every day. You wow. will see yeah. all of this chocolatey so. stickers stuck on a door. And you'll say, that's the chocolate lab. Okay. Wait, so it's, it's really I awesome. Was, I was just in there. The university. Yep. So cool. There is a real oh. chocolate lab. And in there, it is real. if you want to see, go at Chocolate Linden on Instagram and you will see the inside of all of the chocolates and how I make it from the scratch, from the bean, just like, follow me on Instagram. I won't block you or nothing <laughs> like that. And uh, you'll see how chocolate is made from the bean. I have pictures of the uh, cocoa trees I'm putting down on my estate right now in Trinidad. I have uh, pictures of how the beans get shipped here. I have pictures of how we crush them, how we roast them, mm. how I grind them, and then how we pour them. And then What's it called, the machine that spins it for, like, ever? It's called a melange. And, you know, a fun thing about that is if... You've got to use those granite stones in there that mills the chocolate down to about the size of about 20 microns, which is about one-fifth the size of the human ear. Uh, up to 50 microns, your tongue can still taste it as a grit or a sand, but once it gets down to that really fine grit, uh, chocolate becomes a non-Newtonian fluid and does all kinds of weird stuff. One of the fun things you'll find about chocolate is that chocolate here is used as a luxury luxury good, but where it's grown down in my part of the world, it's used as a health food and a daily tonic, a medical drink, and as a, it's used as a replacement to coffee. So they roast the cocoa beans, you know, you roast, you get some raw cocoa beans from your best friend or somebody like that, and then you take it to your home and you spread it on a tray in a single level. And uh, you roast it about 250 Fahrenheit for about 10 minutes, 12 minutes, and then you, you'll you start smelling that change from um, fruity to more chocolatey. And then you pull that out, let it cool, and then you crush them, and you can stick them into any bit of a Keurig cup or a strainer or just put them whole and or shell them and use the nibs as a sprinkle on your oatmeal. You don't have to be a chocolatier to really enjoy good mm -hmm. cacao beans. Yeah. You can just have them raw in the mm. raw. And just eat them. Just eat them, and they're really good. I love good. them. But we found that uh, when you do that, you get no sugar, no additives, but you get the full 100% cacao effect. And after about six beans, you feel happier. You just get a good, warm, 
glow everywhere and you're just bumping around smiling first thing in the morning and people is like where did you get that unwarranted feeling of goodness I'll share some of the beans with with you guys I'll yeah. give you guys some of the beans and, and maybe cool. yeah, you didn't have to fun. shovel Fun. snow yeah, we'll roast them for <laughs> them first you roast all and oh, sure yeah. you keep all and oh, roast well. it roast it as a batch yeah. and how long do they keep after, after they're you're fine lo- oh, years they'll stay oh, for wow. years oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. yeah years they'll stay but, dry yeah. they're like a so they're raw you gotta roast them you gotta do that process you just said if they're green like unroast it once you roast them then they're then they're like a coffee bean yeah they're like a coffee bean they smell nice but you want to keep them in the green bean state well, also you should you should consume them right after you roast them no not necessarily oh you, you can, can eat them at any point so like i have raw beans that i just let sit for years five years sometimes and then decide to roast them and what has happened in that time is that a lot of the chemicals in there have aged and sort of done their thing out and the flavor has really well developed and if you use uh a freshly harvested beans, you can actually taste what they call a younger type chocolate. Yeah, makes sense. It makes sense. You could taste a younger type wine. You could taste something that's a little bit more stringent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing. Yeah, the chocolate. brighter, like green green bean Correct. or yep. green pepper, serrano pepper, bright Correct. and shiny or like more mellow and yep. aged and barrel oak or something. It's all chemistry down mm-hmm. to the bean. Makes sense. Makes sense. Cool. It's similar to coffee. And yeah, wine, it sounds like coffee, it. wine, yep, wine, food, any of those fermented products, even bread. I was going to ask you, maybe you could tell me what I should have eaten. There was so much chocolate in Belgium, and I didn't know. Like, I always, like, it was like, I feel like I would spend ten minutes in each one, just thinking that no, that's wrong. You need to go <laughs> eat every that. store. No, I could say, get that. Show me the Trinidadian chocolate. <laughs> That's what I should have done. That's All what right, you next have time. to do. There's no other substitute. There's one place on earth that you want to eat the chocolate from. It's okay. Trinidad. And if they don't know? They will know. Walk out of there. Oh, they'll know. Yeah, if they don't know, you just yeah. walk back out. It's like, okay, <laughs> oh, next one. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you don't want anything. And the minute you say you want Trinidad chocolate, they're like, oh, he's one to stuff from the back shelf. You know? Oh. The secret stuff. Top, 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 yeah, top yeah. shelf. Top shelf, yeah. Well, I, I would, I, I'm going to recommend you go, you, you search up, uh, you know, search up what a Trinidadian cacao bar looks like in price on the internet. Just do oh, a Google. Yeah, <laughs> just, just check it out and mm-hmm. see what the price is. And then search up your regular other bar and see what it price compares. And then you might say, wow, I wonder why. Get There's what you a pay difference. for. It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You do get I what you pay for. I always wonder that about chocolate. I mean, so that makes sense. A Things chocolate bar is like a book. A good book, a story, a novel, some sort of interesting romance book that you might pick up at a library or at a little small library. And when you open this book, you will judge it first by the color of the cover or the packaging or the wrapper. But as you open this book and you read the first page and you take that first bite into this chocolate bar, and this is a good bar, you're going to just get the sensations and feelings first, you know, your sensory, your nose, your mouth... And then it gets down to your, your your larger palate. And there's where you've consumed a few of it, bites of it, and then your, your senses are overtaken. And a really good chocolate will stay with you for about 35, 40 minutes after every bite. You get this really long, lingering dance and parade of flavors coming down you know the the olfactory senses yeah you're you're wondering 
why did I do this to myself? <laughs> I can't focus now on what's happening. You know, it's like I have this flower dancing around in my throat, a butterfly coming out of my ear, you know, this kind of stuff. You know? <laughs> Seeing chocolate, chocolate everything everywhere. Is chocolate. Yeah. Or you're at a salty dog show. Oh yeah, yeah. You could be at a salty dog show. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to make my exit here. You're going to leave? Yeah. So, one more time, where can people find more information on that, that you want to give them? Well, you know, you, you Google tell? UMD Chocolate Lab and you'll see a bunch of stuff pop up online. But uh, follow Chocolate Linden. Chocolate That's the Linden. Main one. That's, That's Instagram. Right. That's Chocolate Linden. Uh, Instagram. Spelled like, spelled like C- Linden. Yeah, like chocolate, L-Y-N-D-O-N, like President Lyndon Johnson, I guess. So. Yeah. See you guys. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Well, then there were four. Yeah, then there were four. So, uh, as, as, uh, as Dima and I, I don't know much about uh, baby eyes either. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> don't be mad. Yeah. No, okay. I'm not mad. Oh, really? oh, was, uh, during, uh, oh, okay. oh, you don't. <laughs> during one week live, we were, Molly and I were upstairs. We were ready to sit and listen. And then we were both so tired that we couldn't stay oh, for yeah. another second and left. But, oh, yeah. And it, but we felt horrible afterwards. But, well, but, but we almost saw you. Well, we have uh, gotten a lot better over time for sure, especially with the residency. We just had, okay, so we started last year around like in March or something, February, March. And it was just like I hadn't been doing music for a really long time, many years. I was just playing in my bathroom alone, uh, writing songs in there. And it always sounds the best in the bathroom. He <laughs> does, yeah. It's acoustics, it does. right? Acoustics are great. Yeah. yeah. And so when I, like last year, when I started uh, coming back around Wusso's, I had an art show here in January. Then I ran into Curtis again, which I had known him like 10 years ago. And we'd recorded in Wusso's like two days after I'd met him for another thing. But anyway, so I, so I ran into Curtis again and he got me a case for my guitar so that I could like bring it to open mics because I hadn't didn't even have a nice any case to bring it around so then I started going out to open mics again and then ran into Ian who has like a space upstairs like a studio space and uh, he wanted in the band and so he started playing bass because that's what we needed a bass player and then somehow Jacob and Kenny came along then I just it just felt right. I love that. It Somehow. just felt super right. You guys doing something in here? Or? <laughs> yeah. You need two keyboards? Uh, yes. We'll play different parts, I swear. <laughs> we do, yeah. Yeah, well, you know how Jacob likes to get, he's, he's you know, can add a lot. And especially when we were just starting out, he, you know, wanted to be in the band. And then Kenny was, like, we had asked Kenny too. So it was, like, at the perfect time. So... We're like, do you guys mind, you know, playing, having two keyboard players? They're like, no, we love it. And then now, now Jacob just recently got a synth. Uh, and Kenny's like, you know, on synth. So they like trade off. They do all sorts of different, what, whatever's, you know, handy. But it's cool how they interact. Oh, my gosh. Now especially it's getting like, whoa. So then we, we, we just got a bunch of gigs and stuff. And, you know, people started supporting us this summer. And. 
and it was just really it's been really fun we were like in like three or four festivals like wow. we, we didn't even you know we it just I, I just feel really lucky it's so nice to have a band again so and then we just recorded our first album oh okay wow. it, so. it's Sparta sound and uh so that was like two like last weekend actually oh yeah wow, no, really. it's so great i love it up there yeah oh my gosh we did like 12 songs in like t- two days and we they're all really pretty good like we don't i don't think we might do one more song up there when we go back to like f- finish things up but yeah, I'm super excited to share. Yeah. It. Oh my gosh. Twelve and two is a lot. Uh, yeah, we. Those are we good stats. It out. Yeah, we were, <laughs> we were hard working for those. Two I love days. that. What did you make for food though when you were done? Oh, we had food the whole time. That was oh. key. <laughs> we had the best snacks. We had like like grain bowls from the co-op and like um, really nice like those pocky chips or po- I don't know how you, how you say I that know. I I say pocky but I don't think it's called that at all I <laughs> like po- po- never had to say it on a podcast <laughs> no, I they're so good but we had like just we just bought tons of like hummus and like vegetables just good for you foods yeah nice and we didn't drink we had tea you know the whole time feel good play good you know yeah I'm yes. not a musician, but I, I feel like um, as an artist, that's not how I live my life. I just throw garbage in my body at all times, and I'm like, why does everything hurt? Why do I feel bad? <laughs> yeah. So that sounds like, oh, hummus and like healthy things. Okay. I'm gonna, it, <laughs> I'm no, gonna... really. Like, yeah, I used to eat garbage, like, for sure. And uh, then when I started eating good free foods, like, a lot of, like, like, ADHD symptoms started, like, lessening anxiety. You know, a lot of the things I struggle with before and we're solved with uh just eating super good food i'm a hundred percent could talk to you for an hour about that i <laughs> yeah. completely agree about the power of food i i also there totally we go agree oh, yeah. power of food three for three well, you yeah. gotta stop eating junk man yeah. we're gonna team <laughs> no, up on that's you. for sure well the issue is i come here and then i and i eat cookies out of the the, the well that's the, good the junk and stuff. yeah well it's it not is impossible it's very good well yeah. that is interesting though because actually yeah i mean like a lot, I was last year we I did um, Whole Thirty. I don't know if you guys know what that yeah. is. Where you eat basically anything that's real, Whole Foods, Whole Foods unquote, for yeah. for thirty days. And <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> after after that whole month, I felt like I was like a superhero. And wow. then I was like, but now to reward myself, I'm gonna eat that. And then it just went. Whew, bam, that first down. nasty meal tastes so weird, right? That first yeah, like, processed you're like, food, you're, you're like, like, oh, <laughs> why does that taste like? Yeah. That? Well, and it's, yeah. what's interesting is, um, oh, I guess I should have mentioned this when we're talking about chocolate. Still, sugar is just like it ends up being way too much in the end. And so, yeah, yeah. Now I'm especially curious about that chocolate because I imagine there's a lot of sugar. You haven't so, had a chance to try it. I've not had. Have you guys tried it? Yeah. Well, yeah, I know yeah, you I have. Yeah. You haven't tried it. I have the beans in my car, oh. which I'll share with you guys, oh, so you yeah. can take them home. They're and amazing. Them. I have to it's see a, them. What he does is amazing. It's, it sounded at like least it, right? You have that drink. Yeah, and, to and, try. and not having uh, just a metric shit ton of sugar in every zero sugar. No sugar. He made some for my mom recently for she's a diabetic with really super low sugar. Yeah, it's like it's it's great and it doesn't like it's caffeinated right like you wouldn't want it to have it caffeinated. before bed oh yeah I, okay I definitely the tea part for sure okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like if it's not caffeinated it's like caffeine, caffeine. It's, oh, I mean, okay. i've got a high tolerance for caffeine i should say huh. but yeah oh. no. there's a buzz that it is like caffeine if it's, it's not caffeine it's some other we have to ask the chemistry kids but... i'm excited for you to try it especially because you too. care about you know you're like yeah you're 
Yeah. I value good food for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The thing about like stepping, I don't. No, 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 no. I don't. I, Everyone I values good don't. food. That's I, the thing. It's I, just like when you devalue bad food, that's the next step. That's, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> the Exactly. I just go, well, Absolutely. what's the easiest, absolute easiest thing I can do right now? And it turns out, oh, it's just eating Triscuits. That's it. You, you know what's so weird <laughs> is like, it's it is the <laughs> easiest possible way to get food in your body. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think. A quick salad dressing and any veggie is oh, almost man. just as fast. And if you're uh-huh. not vegan, like a good cheese. I remember one night Tina was gone and I'm just like, I'm getting a frozen pizza. Lots of matzo. <laughs> you know, pepperoni or some gross. I don't know. I, and I don't know. It's like, I'll still eat it. I will. I'll never quit, I'm sure. But I, it's like, oh. I just don't eat this anymore. I mean, I lived off this for, yeah, I never like it anymore. It just hits me hard. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that eating healthy then being a really helpful part of that process. So what makes that process for you difficult or what, or what difficulties come up? I should say maybe. Well, it's essential to feeling good. I, I think just feeling good in your body is super important. And like, then your spirit can really just like, you know, come out when you're playing. And like, if you, it, like I go on walks too. That's super important. Like, because otherwise I'll, I'll get super uh, mental health stuff. Just depression sets in after like two days of not getting exercise. So I just keeping up these like nurturing yourself, keeping up with these things that you know are gonna really be positive for you. It's like I I don't even like to drink really. Can uh, I just say uh, I think it's really hard to believe in yourself as an artist enough. I mean, you can have periods of like, oh, I'm starting the song. And then three hours later, it's like, oh, I don't know, you know, and then you, so you go through these cycles. But to consistently believe in yourself enough to finish a project or to get, to get the whatever the release show finally we're going to do here, like to see the the end goal realized, like you have to consistently keep believing in yourself. And I think uh, that's hard to do. But when you feel physically good, it's sometimes easier to keep that forward momentum propelled as opposed to like if you're if you're getting yourself down by the things you're doing or the, you know, the thoughts you're thinking consistently, then uh, you're going to, you're going to really, you're, <laughs> I feel like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. you're going to get in your own it. way. Yeah. 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 And I don't even think that die is the only way into believing, you know, I mean, you oh, just no. need to find a way to keep believing that your art is worth doing consistently. And uh, like, I think for you too, for me at least, lifestyle is just a tool to actually propel art from myself keep it moving it's like loving yourself yeah like that's the key like if you can love yourself and that's a big part of it then you would nourish yourself what would you do if you loved yourself you'd give yourself all the best Mm -hmm. foods and all the best stuff all the love and partake in the community and you know it just like blossoms out do you guys feel that it's like it it is an essential part of the creative process for you to like like would like would the creative process even happen if you guys weren't living the lifestyles you are be treating your bodies well definitely when i was like uh 18 19 20 21 22 <laughs> up until i was about 26 i could do whatever i wanted and still feel creative and inspired and then i burnt out pretty hard and i had to address that or i yeah i hit a lot of walls and i write every day so that mm. means i was hitting walls every day for like what felt like a couple of years probably and uh I don't know. I mean, it still hit walls. It's just, you just need to like keep pushing. And I found that certain things helped me break through those walls or hit, hit greener pastures quick, more quickly. 
I, I don't Jace, know. what about speaking of writing every day? Do you guys write every day? I don't write every day. No, not at all. Um, no. But, just when it hits you or? Yeah. I think more of just like rhythm and melody every day. And every, you know, like even like today I've worked with Russ Sackett and it's like we're just freaking having a blast. You know, like someone says something and you have like a song that you weird out it, you know, and you're just like <laughs> screwing around with just, but you're also weird screwing Alan, around that's with. That's a verb. Yeah, you weird out it. You know, you just make it up. You so it's you know, it's like if you you name it, it's like you say one thing. It's like it makes me think of this song, and I'll just try to you know, just the spontaneity of like creating a new song based on something, and you know, so you steal a song, you throw throw the new lyrics in that you're goofing off on, or you're whistling, or you're thinking of rhythm, you're thinking of melody, you're like, ding, 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 you know, where you're making your coffee. Or, so you're keeping your rhythm, your vocals, your whistling, your, your, your spontaneity, your imagination alive. Cool. But then, you know, when you really want to go write that song, I feel like it's a battling your own embarrassment. Like, that's stupid as f***. It's like, <laughs> I hate that. I, I want to burn that. Let's have a journal burning party. My friend David Dondero, I love his song. Let's have a journal burning party. You know, this wow. year, 1993, that sh means nothing to me. Wow, we burn were just it, talking burn, about you know, that. Like, I love Before that. Before you came in the room, actually. Yeah, I, I, I love burning journals. I, I, I'm not a go back and read shit. I'm a move forward. Or, I'm just, if I don't like it, I burn it. I hate it. I burn it all. I just don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm a forward mover. I just, I'm so sad. I won't have an archive. I, I don't know. But then. But at least you're not a dweller. I'm not a dweller. Yeah. And, and then when a song hits me and I like it, it like writes itself. Or me and Vaco lately have been writing together. Like we wrote two songs recently together that were so fast together. It's like it just fires up and it goes. And it's like I think it when it when it's when it's not forced, it's so cool. And if if it's truthful and real, it's like that is so great. And if it's not, if it's just forced, it's cool. You can if you want to go back. I don't like to read, you know, so it's like if someone would read me my notes, maybe, but I wouldn't want you to read them because what if I didn't want you to read that? So that's why I burn them. So. Wait, so how do you know if it's real or if it's forced? I don't know. It's just my emotional. So I burn anyways, but you know, I, that's why I don't create a lot you know it has to be a well, perfect you, do, like, you play i mean woodblind you guys I mean... yeah i it, so i love actually i love this podcast where we're just like talking hanging out spontaneity i like group projects i like creating and building things you know i mean like it's fun you know it's like adult legos you know just like we're making things you know uh, but i i don't like sitting around and like working on my art i'm an artist i'm meditating i'm in my artist retreat i'm like no <laughs> i want real life gritty i just worked 12 hours and now i have a cool emotion and i want to get it out you know that's like more like me you know yeah, you and also i don't have the introvert. patience to meditate <laughs> or go on an artist and retreat you know so it's like oh, interesting <laughs> retreat yeah. yeah you know it's like i mean I it's like i love the idea of that for people that need solace from society oh, yeah. but i'm like i'm kind of a social butterfly so i'm just gonna, just gonna make coffee and so you're an you're an introvert oh very much so yeah yeah oh i have a question a second about 
when you guys say writing, what exactly you're meaning? Because when I'm saying when I write, too, yeah. but um, it's like, well, like it's essays or scripts or like thing like writing, Film, filmmaking, things, yeah, things like that. Very much a different world. But when you guys say writing, are you guys writing? Is it just lyrics, or is it lyrics and 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 actual like m- musical like notes? Or it... when I when I say I write every day, I mean I spend time with my originals, either that usually that I'm working on. So that is me with an instrument, typically just singing, getting to the part of the song that I don't like, and then remembering why why it's not done yet, and then doing that thirty five times with each song and seeing. But if do I you can start with it. a melody or or a guitar hook or a, a riff, or or does it just start all together? Usually, what ends up happening is like I have that part of the day that I need. I'm also pretty introverted. I need like an hour or two with an instrument pretty much every day. So I try to prioritize that. And when I get there, it's usually the most exciting right away. And I can kind of like trick myself into feeling something and then some words start coming up. So I kind of try to move myself with a, with a chord progression, I think Yep. right off the bat. Yep. And then if that feels like novel or true in some way, then I'll end up saying something or maybe opening up my notebook for some old notes. But yeah, and I think it's important to change up your process too. Like recently I've been journaling and writing a lot more and sourcing more from that because I noticed I was starting to just say some of the same things and I I needed to go back and strengthen my like lyrical muscles. So I've been doing that a little more. So there are there is like written evidence of what you've done. There um, is, yeah. Okay. And a lot of recorded evidence on my phone as okay, well. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the other thing. Okay. So <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, okay. Uh-oh. So Ooh. Is that is that you say that in a way? Oh, every songwriter is probably good. Oh, yeah. Oh, is yeah. that like a primary a primary way voice of memos. it's just easy? Yeah, yeah. Easy I suppose voice practice. memos are my. I mean, actually, Woodblind. Every song I think we've written together has been. It's all memo. just a word note on, on a phone. You know, it's it's like almost every song I've written in the last ten in the last ten years. I I would say I literally i'm walking down super happy or super sad or whatever i'm like like i'm gonna walk to the wherever i'm going to sir ben's i'm just gonna walk down the hill and then i'm like i'm sad and then i'm like it's kind of a nice day out. <laughs> i'm like now that i think about it it's like it's not so bad this this or that and then it's like all of a sudden it's like bing, 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 bing. i'm just like then i'm like i, I walk by pedestrians like singing loud yeah, as fuck into my yeah. phone just like <laughs> And then, yeah. story, I'll tell you, you know, just like singing this, and then I'll listen to it. And I'm like, no, and then I, I'll yeah. like write a whole then song without an instrument. Uh, it'll be done. Like, I'm like, this is verse one. No, this is verse one, two, two. I'll have like 50 recordings for one song, and it's, I'll have to like go through and like edit it. It's like, oh, God, shit, shit, shit. You're drunk. Why? 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 I'm so glad you were walking. I'm so glad you were responsible enough. I hope you don't fall on the ice again. But at least you have one more song. So that's Finally. one way to write. Yeah, that is an interesting way to write. I feel like if I was to write music, it'd probably be similar to that. Where except I wouldn't be out in public. I would be screaming in my in my room at home, just going like, "Okay!" It goes like, "Dun dun dun dun." I don't think I'm in public until someone notices me, though. It's, oh. it's like it's like picking your nose in the car. It's like <laughs> no one's here. Oh. Oh, you're no. right yeah. there. No, yeah. Jason, we live very gonna, different I'm lives. just going to roll with it. Experience. I'm just, yep, just yeah. finish the deed. And it's like... I used to feel so socially awkward going anywhere. Like, And this is like really pretty recently. Like, 
probably a couple of years ago, before, like, and then I started going to the Ripple Bar mm. to see the new salt, new salty dog play, and then drawing um, while they were playing, and then giving away those drawings as like part of that experience, and like just having that task of going and drawing, and then I could kind of be go back into my own little world, go in and out, talk to people, go back to. So it was a nice way to like integrate it back into my life, and then through just forcing myself to. And there's a lot of times I didn't want to get out of my car, you know. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't want to go inside, but I thought, I, I just if you just show up, that's yeah, like you the show only up. Thing. That's art. You yeah. just show up. That's like that's you write every day. You just day. show up. Yeah, exactly. you do it. That just, that is it. That's exactly. Yeah. Well, I see so you. Exactly. I mean, I see you in the alley, like literally, like framing up shots like oh, you know i'm yeah. just like what do you work oh just a movie <laughs> nothing why'd you see me here no i'm just kidding <laughs> you see I, I i do I'm, I'm not expecting to be in a social situation and so i do kind of go, oh god oh uh, <laughs> why um, did you see me i want to oh, i don't know how to i don't know how to talk right now what do i say yeah <laughs> i'm i'm getting really good at understanding introverts so it's actually, really I mean, it's it's so painful initially though mm, it's mm. like just this so raw and like it's just like you can feel your emotion or just like and then you don't want to be around people because you're like you don't want to change the vibes well, and you don't want to i just you know. heard recently that loneliness is contagious and i think that's a very interesting yeah. thing because when you feel alone the people around you feel estranged from you and that makes them feel alone yeah yeah also the other is the opposite is true too so like you know, as I became more introverted or more extroverted or like just forced myself to, yeah, that, that definitely went through my entire life. So like, you know, affected like me taking my daughter out more and just being a part of the community in general. So does being an introvert affect being a performer? Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, it was hard for me to get back up there just, but I knew since it was scary that I should do it. Like just because, you know, if you face your fears, you feel just so much better. And there's probably a reason for you to fear it. You should probably examine that. I think there's something, too, though, of of introverts and extroverts. And it's about energy. And an introvert, it takes a lot of energy to get in front of people. Mm-hmm. But it's fulfilling, but it takes a lot of energy. It, no, that's, So yeah. it, you have a fulfillment, and, and, and there's something that you need it's like it's a vitamin it's a it's something that that fulfills you but when you're an introvert it takes away too so you perform and now they want to meet you and sign this and let me talk to you and you want to party with us and you're like i just did that and now i i life force depleting 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 (laughs) yo and then extroverts are the opposite it's like i just played the most awesome show let's go out and party we're mm-hmm. crashing on your couch let's do this <laughs> kick stands all around yeah. and it's like the extra introverts in the band are like oh my god get me out of this van i'm quitting this band but but it's like but that's what you want but that's a reason sort of yeah. you know it's like yeah yeah it's like it's just a mix it's but it's energy so it's like what fills you up what depletes you right it does help to get people in your life. Like, I didn't have friends to the point of, I didn't have anybody to invite to my baby shower. Oof. Like, you know, I just didn't have friends for a long oh, time. I understand that, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> that story should be told a little more, too, because, I mean, it's like it's like musician, mom. I mean, that that 
that's hard and different. Yeah. You you mentioned a break from. I mean, was it just performing or was it just was it, was it music, music in general? Oh, okay. I didn't feel like playing like okay. out. Uh, yeah, I just at a certain time. Just I guess I didn't have it in me. I didn't love myself though either. Mm. That was like the biggest thing I think. And then through having my daughter, I feel like that's when I learned to really start to take really good care of myself because you know I was pregnant and so <laughs> you need to really n- start nourishing yeah. yourself you know I quit That's smoking cool. and all the things I needed to do and then I had a natural childbirth which was like once you did once you've done that you're like Wow, I can freaking do anything. Man. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> breast better. Yeah. Oh. So. Well, that's that's yeah. way worse than breaking a collarbone. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was, it was. But it was I also mean, way like, worse. It might, but it's it, all in your head. Wise. It's like it's like a psychedelic experience. I could compare it to that. It was that's the first time I've heard that statement. Oh, it it was insane. What it, it's all about how you look at it. You know, and pain is all about how you look at it too. It's like um, it's only your experience, what you're perceiving. So like, pain, you can I, change. yeah, I I I realize that my my dad's like old school carpet installer, tile setter. You know, it's like, and I I mean, he's 80 years old, and it's like, oh, quadruple bypass, cancer surgery, stones where you don't want stones developing. You know, things like that. And yeah. it's like, what's your <laughs> like in your body for what's example? your what's yeah. your current pain? It's like. Oh, zero. Uh-huh. It's like zero pain, Dad. It's like you you can't even stand up straight. It's like well, there's a difference between like being you know resistant to helping yourself to like just averted aversion to like getting help. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know. So what is the truth? But the point is, it's yeah. like, it, does it hurt or not? And, right, and right. well, on a level from zero uh-huh. to ten, where are you? It's like I'm zero. I'm ten. It's like well, you're obviously a one, and you're obviously a nine. So you guys are ultra conflicted. Uh, you know, how it's like, would we ever compare pains? Exactly. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. How was giving birth like a psychedelic experience? Um, because you, because you're constantly, because the pain is so intense. Oh, it sounds that, like, terrible. You, like you're. I was in like this bathtub for a long time. You Ugh. know. That part like, sounds okay. You just well, yeah. I mean, and you go through the you go through It's like oh, at least things. it's warm. It's I like hope it's these warm. levels. It's like you, you you think it can't get worse, and then it just like levels wow. up oh, no. and levels up, oh, and the whole time good. you're thinking, like, can I fucking survive this shit? Like, am I gonna be okay <laughs> to like? And then it gets to this point where you're ready to like push the baby out, and then you like that. That's like an hour of time, but it goes by really fast. And then, and then after you do it, you're just like, I was exhausted, but I was like super impressed that my body could freaking do that. (laughs) And I put on a lot of weight actually too, when I had my baby, that was one thing that was harder than, cause I mean, you should only be realistically, they say putting on like 30 pounds. I put on like 70 pounds. You put on 70 pounds? dude. I I just ate really good food. I (laughs) I was like. F it. I'm just gonna like. I was just like I had a really nice pregnancy actually. I like that though. Uh, yeah, but also, it was the baby's part of the '70s, so you can minus a baby. I she mean, was she was like at least pounds. forty-five pounds. <laughs> 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 it was a really big baby, <laughs> which made it even worse and more painful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, actually, it would have been fine otherwise, except for it was the size of a you know a fourth grader. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> oh. I. Yeah. I, I Still, well, this is why I don't have kids, and this is why I try really hard to not put anyone in a position of that. 
No, but I mean, it's like you don't want to get pregnant, and then your brain. I, and I don't want to be pregnant. Just think of the bath. Your brain produces. Bath. You can just lay in the like, bath. Yeah. I would yeah, want a like, natural hot like springs. It's just like a long bath. Which, like, yeah, not, yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of. Child, where are you going with this? Uh, notebook burning. Oh, yeah. I cannot imagine burning my notebooks. Oh yeah, what a crazy thing them. to say. I cherish them. Yeah. I, I know them. everyone does. I mean, but well, I have no, I don't think so. Terry, because I was just telling him that Terry McCarthy was telling me that he burnt, he had a burning party for all his, you know, burned a ton of his notebooks. And I thought about it, and I thought, well, I don't really write like sad stuff or the stuff that makes me unhappy. But actually, actually, I take that back because when I do read back, I kind of get sucked in. Okay, I'm starting to understand the catharsis of burning sad things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the point. That does make sense. Okay. And I think I would burn those. If I, I, I find, if I, I find and remember the crap I wrote, I would probably will burn it. But I, I just don't <laughs> even remember where I put it. It's like, what did I do with that? That's why I like my phone. It's like. It's like I know I'm getting like testicular cancer, but I actually remember what I wrote, and then I can just delete it. I don't have to burn it. I can just well, I mean, it's probably still on. It's backed up, it's, dude. It's you somewhere. Can never delete it. You know, someone's gonna use it against me if it's you know. But I would like to make the case for not burning your previous work. <laughs> okay, two, um, two verse the, two. The main point being, I've, I've noticed that things can kind of cook in the back of your head for a while, kind of subconsciously, for, for even for like decades. And then you can go back and you, you find an old cartoon, in my case, and you go, oh, and it kind of ends up being like the thing that was that finishes the thing that I'm working on now. And, you right. can, and all of a sudden, you're, it's a, a puzzle piece that connected. And it's like, oh, well, thank God I thought of that when I was 11 or whatever. And I decided to throw it down and decided to keep it. Thank so. God when I was yeah. 11, I was writing sure. these political cartoons that I didn't understand. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the thing about that, yeah, I think that's super valuable to pop open that old source material and see, like, because it all comes from you. It came from you. Exactly. Even if it was 11-year-old you, right. there's still going to be this, like, um, line between that and whatever you're working on now. Yeah, a time I, capsule. Yeah, I've I've noticed I I can go through my old stuff and it's like looking through an act, like an actual artist their their work and you can go through periods and mm -hmm. you're like oh wow I was you can see me thinking about different things even at a young age because that's just kind of maybe I don't know agree or disagree part of the creative process is just kind of going oh mm -hmm. oh that kind of works and yeah. then going from there. Mm -hmm. Now, an issue I personally find and it sounds like you, none of you guys do. I find myself crippled by. L well, perfectionism, really. I, I, I want. I just. It's like this thing. It just. If I. If I can't do it right, I'm just. Why bother doing it? So this might never come out. Well, no. So, uh oh. No. Oh no. Doesn't bode well for the podcast. Oh, I'm not perfect. Sure. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Uh, we got to do well, a really good well, job. Well, you know, now now it kind of is why my previous ones failed because every week I'd be like, no, I just. This is, I have to do it better. And if it's not good enough, then I and I just sit and get a spiral in it. But so, how do you? Do you guys face thoughts like that, and how do you work through them, if so? Oh, man, can I jump on it? Yeah. <laughs> like I said, every day I'm playing. I mean, the old songs are done. That's great. Even if I finished it last week, I'm not probably not going to play it today. I'm going to be playing the other seven songs that aren't done. And I'll play them and play them until I, I have this um, sort of standard of quality, which is just a feeling that I get when I play a song that I like. And if I don't feel that for enough of the song 70% of the song if it doesn't feel like that like I believe it like I could lose myself in it like uh, then it doesn't pass the test and then so yeah in that way 
I think just having a high bar for yourself is being a near perfectionist. If you can just not quite hit up against perfectionism, but just flirt with it, then do you find yourself ever getting almost like too close or going over that? that yeah, part? I mean, there are songs that have like six verses and two bridges and three choruses, <laughs> and I you just have to throw them in the trash because you just overworked the shit out of them. Oh, okay. That's no, it's interesting you mentioned that because I know I do also agree with the fact that yeah, sometimes just all right, just throw it away. Like yeah, if you're working through it and it's like it's just kind of not going, then you then it can kind of go. But I think the key is to not completely abandon it because don't, don't burn know. it. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe I don't burn <laughs> it for real. <laughs> I mean, oh, I, I, really do not, I mean, some, some a couple of really sad, depressing things that I wrote that I knew were lies, and I was just trying to talk myself into it. I was like, F- this, you know, but, you know, but I, I don't truly burn all this. Shit. I just don't have organization. And if it gets, you know, destroyed in the basement and because of water leaking and I had a pile of notebooks and, and then I'll just be like, forget it's wrecked. I'm just not even going to open that box. So, I think what I was maybe trying to say a second ago was at that point of throwing it away, whether you actually burned it or not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you do you do you start over then with that same idea or well oh god actually maybe I don't even know does I mean does does a song have like like a a song core starts idea? with a sentiment I think okay. it starts mm-hmm. with a bit of a story a feeling a feeling that revolves around a story or vice versa so if that if that isn't being conveyed properly will you go back and try again Dude, sometimes or? you have to say that moment will never be captured in music mm-hmm. or whatever i'm trying to do with it yeah no i've had to let go of tunes that had like a great little thing about a really special moment but when you spend too much time on it and then it just it just dulls the edge and it's just not there anymore and so it's a shame and some songs go really quickly and then you have to the be the best songs go the best, fast the best ones the best do. songs just so just do happen. some really bad so you gotta check you gotta double check though if, you, if it comes too quickly it's like wait is this Blowing in the Wind by Bob Dylan. Yes, I did steal that melody. Okay, I need to spend. <laughs> yeah, when I got back into it, like I, I, I just uncovered the Digital Chemical Wall notebook, which was a, the first like full song I'd written in many years. And I see I had taken up like 20 pages for this song, writing and scratching out and writing and scratching. It never takes me that like, like it's it was, you know, the old process was very just like flow natural. Okay. You know, it's like you're channeling whatever's coming out and then you just, it's like a conclusion that you come to. But with perfection, like you got to let go of that because then you'll never get anything done. And, and, you know, you just have to just... I think the human quality of making mistakes is so cool to see, like live. It's I love what it's to what see. makes art art. I yeah. think I think the human quality and the mistakes they're not mistakes. No. they're they're it's it's terroir of the artist. It's like the soil has this taste from the cacao bean. This artist has this bitter taste with their sad song or whatever. You know, it's like I mean, it's like Woodblind. Oh, oh, super happy freaking ska band. And then Lowe's like, oh. Sad. Extra sad lately, I guess. But and baby eyes, yeah. It's like, yeah. It, it's it's just if if I was waiting to be perfect with baby eyes, I would have never started it up. I mean, or we wouldn't have gotten going like we did in the early hours it's, of it's, the it, year. And and by the time you're perfect, you've you've literally taken out the bleach and killed all the life, and and and, <laughs> and there is good bacteria. Yeah, you know. Oh. 
there and perfection. Is. I think perfection is bleach. Yeah, I like that. It's good too. to take those risks and to like be vulnerable every time when you play. And then so, that's yeah. perfection. Vulnerable yeah. is the art. Yes. Vulnerable is the truth yes. and your honesty and truth that you're giving to people based on your feelings and emotion of that moment of the song and that performance is the art. It's not mm. this perfect song mm -hmm. that's been bleached. Mm -hmm. it, it is the vulnerability and the truth. And that's why the imperfection of the, the morning voice after a cold or the the wrong note, the happy accident that becomes the hook, you know, mm -hmm. those, that's the art of yes. it, I, it, I think. I think so too. I think, the, you're, I think you're right. And I think that actually, if, I feel like you're, I'm making some connections now that I need to jot down and bring up in therapy because it's like, oh, well, that's kind of interesting to consider. Uh -huh. uh, just kind of like, like <laughs> cool. an aspect of just fear. Um, yes. Yeah. Being a really limiting factor of creativity. Because it's just right. your ego stopping you. Yeah. Right. It's just saying it's Fear. it's putting all these roadblocks ahead of you, which you don't have to have, and right. you can just remove them and be free. And it feels really good. See, oh, I I imagine. I guess. So just go ahead, remove them. <laughs> remove those blocks. Live your life. Yeah. Ready? Here we go. This is the right. most affordable yeah, therapy. Oh you do you do you own this? Yeah, this is a great deal. Free this therapy, just. Uh, just Host make sure to donate. <laughs> yeah, just uh, like subscribe and all that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I I think just man that uh, yeah. If you're waiting for perfectionism, you'll never get off. You'll never get on your feet. Like it's just uh, it's so it can be so crippling. The I, thing I, is, everyone though, I know that is like so perfectionistic. I just want to like I don't know. It's like if you overdose on heroin, here's we'll blow this up your nose and you'll you'll live. But it's like if you're just like so. You can't be not perfect. There's no like little thing you can blow up someone's nose and say, you're going to just fucking be imperfect. I'm sorry. There's like, no like, Narcan for perfection. Going. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, it's awesome. you need it. You need to, <laughs> you like, do need, you're yeah. overdosing on perfection and you're going to yeah. die. You're going to die. Yeah. yeah. And it won't be perfect. It will be a terrible death because you're parents are catholic and you're a gay atheist it's gonna be terrible <laughs> they will pretend you're catholic and they'll dress you up in a suit and open casket it's gonna be terrible yeah don't do it you know it's funny some of you'll say things and it sounds like a personal experience but then like that clearly isn't because you're alive still so yeah. <laughs> you're right so i'm just like so now you i'm like what? well what's real what's not <laughs> oh it's like that that's what i think about uh when people do those books the fictional historical fiction i love those books but i'm like well what is the real story i mean i know this mormon had the 20 brides but when does it I was gonna say the thing that makes your story seem personal when you your, your things your anecdotes your analogies that you throw out is the details which reminds me because you'll say something like tomatoes or Roman Catholic and it's like <laughs> where are you sourcing this from man but I was just talking to someone actually at open <laughs> it's the details that's what it's, it is. No, it is the, and that's what makes great writing is uh he was it's this guy Eddie he's a great songwriter and he was he wanted to play this game with me because he was going to play at open mic and he wanted me to write down five details and he would just make up a song with them when he got up there. That's fun. 
So I wrote him five details, five things. And uh, I gave it to him and he's like, those aren't details. And I was like, all right, okay, okay. So like, let me try again. So I gave him five more things. And he's like, oh, those aren't really details either. I was like, well, are you just waiting for me to give you five things that you want to sing about? Or do I not know what details are? Like, right. I'm a writer. I mean, I mean, I write songs, at least. I'm not a novelist or anything. But this guy is a great lyricist. So I thought, you know, hey, this is when I bought my new notebooks. I needed to write more, apparently. So, But it cracked me up that I was like, all right, what is a detail? And he was like, well, you know. And he had his pen hovering over the napkin. And he's like, you know, it's like... Uh, and we just cracked up. We couldn't think. I was like, okay, if an untied shoelace, that was one of mine. That's not a detail. That sounds like that's a, not detail. a detail. It sounds like a detail. See, I, I think he was being. I think he was being picky about what he wanted to sing about. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I was like, that's just not how this game works, dude. Neon, neon. It has to be a neon. Yeah. What if you talked about what I want to talk about? Yeah, exactly. But he is a great writer, and I just I think details. They draw you in. If you're going to try to tell a story, you're apparently a scriptwriter or a something screenplay. It's, it's or, stuff. I don't know. Yeah, if you put pen to paper, you want to. You want people to he's be. He's so introverted. Present. He won't even tell you what he's doing. No I've been there, bro. Uh, <laughs> my bathroom, dude. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, like, like, get out of your bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, yeah, Well, for me, it's just get out of the office. Yeah, get out of the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so cozy and my cat sleeps Cops on the computer on my and it's really nice. <laughs> it's safe there. It's really You're safe. And, enough in jail. and I get out, you know. Yes. I, I'm out in the world. You're out right out here right now. World. Do you I, think about I, details I'm a man about town. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in weird ways, I feel like. Um, like I know if writing dialogue in a scene, a lot of them what you're supposed to do, and I, I think this is an interesting way to think about living life in general um is you're supposed to think of a character's objective and their circumstances this is something i was taught in my in my education um so what someone just wants in life because sometimes somebody wants uh, uh they want to drink a cup of water sometimes they want to eat sometimes they want to uh murder somebody rule sometimes the they want to rule the world sometimes they want to uh they just want a, a better life for themselves and their family uh it, it, it can be any number of things and it's, it's really varied those probably all go together in a dictator's thought process in some capacity I mean, it's like i'm thirsty i i'm gonna have to kill everyone to take over the world <laughs> yeah right i mean it's like it's, well and then it's okay which leads me to <laughs> it's like it's like i'm like yeah which you're leading right, right to the next point which is the circumstances which is yeah being a dictator being in charge of a country um nice. uh, deciding all the people that you have to kill in order to get your your fruit juice or whatever um <laughs> yeah if I don't have my prune juice, I'm definitely I'm gonna not go going to rule the ballistic. world. <laughs> and so uh, I guess you I, you do, and so you'll write a scene where somebody's having a really normal, basic conversation, but you're also you're having to consider all the details of their life and why they would say yes as opposed to no in a, in a given, just like, the whole line could be, uh, uh, no. But you have to go, well, why would they say that as opposed to literally anything else? Yeah. Um, so That's it's true. like the details don't necessarily come through, but they are considered. And there are a million ways to say no, aren't there? Right. And a million reasons why you would or wouldn't. Man, writing dialogue could be hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to well, psychologically invest in every character. And then you also, at the end of the day, you have to go, well, is this interesting? Is this worthwhile? Do I care at all? Um, and I think maybe a lot of the time my uh, perfectionism question. comes with, um, no, I don't really care. And I don't know why. And I don't think anyone else will either. So now back to the drawing board. And so I just kind of keep sitting and stewing and probably overcooking. But some of these yeah, things. yeah. Do you ever look back though and think, you know, maybe I do care about that a little bit? 
Yeah, sometimes. Or it's you a snapshot it of you at the time. Yeah. yeah. And well, then, yeah, and I think that is what I've discovered now. And I mean, does that? It's always that a familiar thing as musicians, or if you overcook it, though, is it still crunchy or is it just mushy? It's it's burnt. It's just a little burnt. Like, yeah. It's fried, man. Yeah. There's so many ways to overcook, though. Well, you know, like my you can overcook <laughs> and like you your soup and. Oh, you can it's slow like cook. now it's you like why is it puree it now? It's it's like there's no it's all mush, you know. Or you can just like try to like, cook broccoli without putting water in the pan, and it's definitely burned. It's burned. Smoke alarm's like, going off. Yeah. The neighbors are calling. Yeah. Like, what or, is going or the pizza <laughs> that you shouldn't eat anyways, and you fall asleep watching Netflix. What yeah. it is is it's like, well, you know, I love my grandma, but she really likes. The, the driest turkey. <laughs> wow. Uh, on Thanksgiving. Sounds... <laughs> Dude, she likes it or she accidentally makes a dry well, turkey. Be a matter she of seems taste, to man. like to make it every year. I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Where are we going with the dry turkey story? Oh, so your well, grandma could come so and tell she, us I mean, how she makes it's it. It's overcooked. Uh, she leaves in the oven oh, for a long time. And it's That's real right. dry, overdone, and it's edible. Okay. You can eat it. We eat yeah. it for Thanksgiving. It's not the worst thing. It's not like it's you're like, ugh. ugh. But you're... It's not like it's a it's a really dry overcooked turkey. So so if you want some juicy podcast, you need to braise it in some some good apples and 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 well it, yeah make sure so those that good apples representing literal we, apples we, like we, eating healthy like we've talked about. We should um, start brining brining the guests. You know, it's like <laughs> you have to get dunked for three hours before you come in here. Yeah, if I you have, I've got idea. a lot of art that I did like back in my twenties that's overdone. Like I, I overdid pen lines and whatever, like posters and stuff like that. And I still like to have it. It's still and it's still and I still used it for like whatever purpose it was for. Like I used to make posters before concerts for like leftover salmon or whatever to try to get in. And then I sell the posters and make enough money to get a ticket. And now that my hand's a lot gentler and like I just you know you just learn to like accept that you're gonna make something cool. Like I started to make things that I wanted to look at or put on my wall. Oh, yeah. Like right. stuff I'd want to watch or listen to, you know, stuff that you would like. And then valuing, valuing you, you know. Yeah, I, I think those, the last two, they have to really have to go hand in hand. Yeah. It's like you yeah. want to make it, but you also have to respect yourself yeah. to be like, no, you you can make what you want, what you want, Matt. And trust your taste. <laughs> yeah. I think the more yeah, you sure. make art, Absolutely. the better you get it knowing what you want to hear, trusting your taste, you know, just like, yeah. and then when you double down on that and you believe that if I like it, someone else will like it. I think that's an interesting thing about songwriters too and artists in general, maybe is that we just, we have to believe that we're all connected in some way, because like I said, there's that channel where if I feel it, you're probably going to feel it. Someone else will feel it. Not everyone likes all songs, but like, I just believe that like art touches that thing that we all have. And to believe that you have to believe that we're all, we have something in common or something. Well, and I mean, we do in that we live on a, on a we do happen we to share, share the same planet. In common, um, yeah. We do happen to coexist with each other, and every little thing we do in, does influence other people in some capacity. We're but all some people have so many more taste beings. buds. <laughs> some yeah. people have more taste That's buds. True. Yeah, yeah. yeah spiritual beings important. with some multi super taste buddy people, and mm. some people with We're only four taste buds. Yeah, some people so, with just some real big tongues. I think. Quality. Do you guys ever read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance by Robert yeah. Kiyosaki? You know that book? Yeah. He talks about quality. You can't really define quality, but you can perceive it in everything. So whether it's food or music, podcast, um, a bike. I mean, you can just feel it when you 
when you experience there's, there's quality yeah how, you know how do you define it though i mean you could define what a good Presence meal is but... well i think of it as like editing it's like what is so good editing well, audio editing anything video audio or anything if say say you do six vocal tracks well they all sound real good it's like well they all are really good but what is the shittiest start at the bottom and find the top when in doubt cut out the bad don't look for the pinnacle don't try to be perfectionistic just cut out the shit you know just, you get rid of the worst of it instead of trying to achieve the best of it yeah yeah it's okay. like st flip it like a, a sculpting approach not a painting approach Ooh, yeah. it's a go. kinder approach to yourself it's so it's been it's yeah probably about an hour and a half two hours or something i really have to pee but this has been amazingly yes. fun and yeah. and it, like actually way more interesting than i ever imagined more seamless than i could ever comprehend and it's like this was just interesting and i mean i it's like i'm part of it but i'm just like wow this yeah. is so crazy these people that are down <laughs> here the i mean yeah. it's just like with no format yeah i love that well i i mean the format is it's i want to i want to hear what you guys have to say i like i like hearing what artists have to say just in general i don't know anything about musicians or really music so oh, well, so i'm really nice. really Let wanting us to tell learn. you about us yeah, yeah. Well, and that's what, I'm, that's what i've been Thanks. really glad <laughs> I, i'm really glad to learn from it um so but yeah so i mean yeah promote whatever you guys have coming out as musicians or yeah, otherwise i just want to put out that we uh Gavin St. Clair Trio, I'm, I'm, that's me and my band, and um, we've been a trio for a while. We have a keys player now. I'm not sure if we're going to change our name. We might still be the Gavin St. Clair Trio. It's a good name. With maybe. a four-piece. Yeah. I love we that. Were, we were joking it might be Gavin St. Clair and his trio. No. <laughs> oh, I love that. Gavin oh. Yeah. I love the Gavin oh, St. Clair Trio. There are. And, and it's a four-piece, like. and, then, yeah. and then just to see who actually... Like listens, does math, can count. It's Quattro. kind of fun. Maybe we're gonna change cool the band, band name to Quattro. So watch out, Quattro release show. Uh, no, I'm gonna watch Quad shot. I'm gonna plug it as Gavin St. Clair Trio release show. Got a really sweet album coming out that I'm really excited about, and uh, we're putting it out here at Wusos on February fourth. Fourth, and so uh, Saturday, be there, be Woo! there, or why weren't you there? Because it's gonna. Or feel terrible. Feel bad. It's gonna be fun. The tunes are good. The guys are good. Great, great recordings, and yeah, just really excited. It's like, uh, like we were talking about. Just, it's a really cool moment when you see a, a work of art come to fruition like this. And booking the show even just felt like it was finally, finally going to be. Even if it's not yet, it's just on it's, its like way out the, the door. It's a psychedelic well, experience. I'll tell you, it's comparable. Uh, <laughs> it was painful. <laughs> so, I yeah, the album. I'll, I'll I hope it's, it's a lot less painful like, and so drier. And... <laughs> Luckily, we didn't overcook our I mean, baby. I there's a but... lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> you did get a baby. Yeah, and uh, we don't, I, well, let's see. And we'll have our album released soon, hopefully. Yeah. Um, Sparta and then, recording yeah, and I guess that's our, coming up. Yep, so, yep. Check it out, baby eyes music, B A B I E. Lots of fun stuff ahead for everyone involved, it sounds like. So, yeah. Well, with that in mind, thank everyone for listening at home. Um, remember to tune in next time for another episode, whenever that ends up being, of the Rousseau's podcast. Fade Should to black. Clap ourselves up. <laughs> <laughs>